Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. It's a dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today on uh, Little Friday, it's Wednesday, that's right, hump day, Um, middle of the week. We're under the tutelage of our general manager, chaos and ugliness. What? The old CNU, chaos and ugliness. Everywhere I look, every topic, every story. Wow. You got school strikes, wars, dictators getting together to dictate all the better. You got Trump and his whole traveling circus indictment. Ay, hey. Right. Uh, so that there's a decent chance that's happening today, right? The actual... I was just pausing to cough. There's more. The border. The open border. You got Chinese nationals pouring across the border. Our greatest geopolitical adversary is pouring spies or somebody across our southern border. It's chaos and ugliness. You didn't even mention the deadly fungus making its way through our hospital system. The deadly fungus making its way through our hospital system. The Fed meeting today to raise interest rates again. No. We don't know how much. Stop it. Yeah. I was just reading the New York Times article. Apparently, it's a conversation in the Trump circles as to whether he should smile for the mugshot. We discussed that yesterday. You're going with smile. I think he should smile. Well, I don't know whether he should or not, but I I, I know he will. Okay, well, let's go with should. If you were advising him, would you say smile or grimace? You're being oppressed by, br- by, by the deep state, sir. Don't smile about it. Big, broad 
cheerful, confident smile. Just having looked at celebrity mugshots over the years, I feel like a smile does you more good than the uh, the grimace. No matter whether whether you're you're guilty or not. Oh right, I'm familiar with. I cherish the idea of being innocent until proved guilty beyond a reasonable doubt by a jury or your peers, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, if you look all grimacy and unhappy in a mugshot, you look guilty. Yeah, you do. If you're smiling broadly and confidently, hi, deputy. Thanks. Is this my good side? <laughs> you look like a nice fella or a gal. Yeah, Trump is quoted as saying in the New York Times, which could be completely full of crap. I mean, could it's, it's as likely to be completely made up as true. Uh, but the New York Times reporting that uh, Trump is telling people this is fun. He's enjoying the experience. No, oh boy. So, yeah. Oh, boy. You know, I had a uh, brief moment yesterday on this whole story where uh, I guess some podcasters brought it up. But, like, uh, th- 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 all the discussion has been around it's a weak case, blah, blah, blah. They shouldn't bring it or or um, um, how it will go down this is but not enough discussion of if it works, if it actually either convicts him or keeps him so tied up in legal knots he can't really run a campaign. What is that? Where does that leave us? If one well, party is yesterday, it'll lead to the the predictable. Go ahead. If one party is able to sideline the leading candidate of the other party by getting them all tied up in legal knots, where does that leave us? It leaves us with constant, never-ending prosecutions of, you know, whatever they can find. And certainly anybody who's been involved in any sort of business, it's complicated enough. It was fast-moving enough. You can find some sort of, you know, unfilled-out paperwork or some poorly explained something or other and and trump up, no pun intended, some sort of uh, prosecution over that. A tax matter, whatever. I mean, it, it will never end. We already have an element of it going on now. Politics by investigation. Everything's constantly an investigation now. And some stuff needs to be investigated, I'll grant you. But, you know, we used to have a system for deciding this guy's uh, business dealings. They seemed a little odd. Maybe even uh, up to the edge of legality or not. I know what we'll do. We'll vote as to whether we want to have him in office or not. Or her. In the case of Hillary, who was involved in all sorts of criminal wrongdoing, in my opinion. Uh, So we used to vote over this stuff at the ballot box. Now, granted, if the guy stabbed some, you know, a, a, a poor person in the belly. All right, then. But these cooked up, convoluted series of charges. Come on. Cooked up, Joe says. The New York Times did call it a novel whatever, which means new, untried. And among my many criticisms of of the charges, although I am a Trump critic, I'm openly ready to admit that, uh, I've left out the fact that it's a federal charge being brought, essentially twisted into pretzel logic by a local prosecutor. In a very strange bit of legal reasoning. It's just so bad. So there, there is a chance that happens today, and there are some other legal charges, at least according to ABC News, that could be coming on the whole classified documents thing. So maybe we'll get into that later. Uh, getting away from that story, how about the fact that the America's second biggest school district, the L.A. school district, classes canceled for 400,000 kids because of a strike. 
I hope that 14% of kids that reads at grade level and 8% that does math at grade level won't uh, fall behind now. The, the few, the proud who are getting an education there. And how are the kids going to learn there's no such thing as a man or a woman if L.A. schools are out again? And you are a cynical, cynical man today. I couldn't be more cynical about government schools at this point. Um, it's chaos and ugliness. 400,000 kids out of school. That's disruptive. Canceled! Well, and they were out of school for a couple of years because the teachers' unions wouldn't let them back in L.A. That's hundreds of thousands of families. They got to figure out. Okay, what am I? How am I going to work today? Where's my kid going to be while I'm what? What the what the heck? Yeah, yeah. Public unions, public education unions, nice. So if you don't know, good work. If you they're all about the kids, they'll tell you that. (laughs) Um, If you don't know what that story is all about, uh, we will we will get to that. Oh, and one more thing. I'm just looking through my notes from middle of the night. Uh, have you seen the new <laughs> the new stabilized Bigfoot footage? No, I haven't. We've all seen the video. It's from 1967. I think it was in, was it in the Portland area? Was it in Oregon or Washington? It's in the Northwest. The, the, the Bigfoot kind of walking through the forest. It's shaky. Is it black and white? It, it's it's blackish and whitish, and it's it's out of focus. Well, now it's been colorized, focused, and stabilized, and you get a real good, solid look at what is clearly a guy in a monkey costume. <laughs> <laughs> look at this video for dang near fifty years, <laughs> dang near sixty years. Um, that's. <laughs> It's hilarious. I got to figure out how to get that to Hanson so we can post it on the website. I was fascinated by it. If you're of the age where that video was, you know, or if you're maybe you're, maybe it's a guy thing, I don't know, but it's the first time I've ever seen it like this. <laughs> I mean, every single TV special I've ever seen about Bigfoot, does he exist? I'm Leonard Nimoy, you know, that sort of thing. It was always sure, that yeah. footage. <laughs> said, you always see that half a dozen on times. Two feet. That ain't no bird. Right. That's a guy who saw right. Bigfoot there. He had beautiful hair. It's not here. Anyway. He had beautiful hair. That is absolutely right. Uh, we will start the show officially now so we don't get in trouble. or So we don't have to do a perp walk. And we're not figuring out whether to smile for the cameras. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this How Did It Already Get to Be Wednesday, March the 22nd, the year 2023. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin officially then, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. You could beat Biden? I think so. So you're running then? No, I didn't say that. I just said I think I could. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, if you look at Florida. Who would be harder to beat, Biden or Donald Trump? We're, I don't know. Explosive newsmaking interview. Ron DeSantis with Piers Morgan for some reason. Announcing he thinks he could beat Joe Biden. Takes on Trump. Oy. Yeah, well, all right, I guess, yeah. whatever. New York Post had a uh, an article about the interview with an explosive headline. I dove hungrily into it and read it and thought, there's nothing here. I feel like that was kind of a tepid answer, though, if you're running for president. Don't you, don't you say, absolutely, I could beat Biden, as opposed to, I think so? Nah, he's just, he's uh, not in the ring yet. He's, he's really disciplined about that. Okay. Keep his powder dry. You with your damp powder. You don't understand. (laughs) With my constantly damp powder. Right? Yeah. I don't know the rules. Anyway, we can get into some of the quotes that uh, are being considered uh, a big deal. 
Um, so uh, this is the most interesting thing I saw yesterday. Did you see the end of the Putin President Xi of China meeting when they're standing outside the building? And this didn't look to me like this was for the cameras. This looked like two guys who were saying goodbye to each other and the cameras were close enough to pick up the audio. And uh, and she said to Putin, there's kind of a crowd of people in there right before he's going to get in the limo. And he said, now there are changes, the likes of which we haven't seen in a 100 years, she told Putin through an interpreter. And we are the ones driving these changes together. I agree, said Mr. Putin. Take care of yourself, my dear friend. Have a good trip, Putin said. And he got into the limo. But I thought that whole, the two most powerful evil dudes on earth getting together and talking about changes we haven't seen for a 100 years. And you and I are driving it. Ah, I found that very troubling. They did. Uh, oof. Yeah. They're right. Uh, David Sanger of the New York Times is writing about this yesterday. They're right. There are changes we haven't seen in 100 years going on in terms of the, the world order and the balance of power. power. And they the, the guys driving it know exactly what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they as much as stated, we are going to stand astride the new world order. Yeah. Okay, good luck with that. Things are going to be our way now. New sheriff in town. Burr. Well, we'll see about that. Um, How does mailbag look? It's It's good. It's coming together. I think you'll enjoy it. Heavy on the humor. Don't we all need a light moment in these chaotic and ugly times? So we're all a, Michael, should Trump smile for the mugshot? Yes. Hanson, do you think Trump should smile for the mugshot? He will. He will will is not the same as should. I want advice. If you were advising him, what would you say? Thumbs up and a big smile. Yeah, I agree. Oh, the, yeah. full, the full Trump's thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Will they let you do that? Will they let you get your thumb up in the mugshot, or is that against the rules? Do they hit you with I, a billy club if you do that? I don't think they would do that, no. Okay. But again, you don't want should, you want will. I don't know. No, no. Take I, a break. I, I want should. This is madness. I want, it, I want a device. I think Clearly you should smile. Clearly you should smile ear to ear. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. for whatever it's worth, says they've got a source that says Trump will be indicted today, but the actual surrender and appearance in New York will be uh, orchestrated for next week. Okay. So I have no idea. Wake me when it begins. Yep. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day, beginning with an email, oddly enough, from Rob, who says, Guys, I take my eighth-grade granddaughter to school each morning. I have you on the radio. This year, they've studied the Constitution. Each morning, we hear the FQOTD and discuss it. She said she's been able to start some good discussions in class with the freedom-loving quote of the day. Oh, that's awesome. Fabulous. Glad to hear it. Here is today's, continuing on from George Orwell, again from 1984, War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Would you like to briefly interpret that quote, Jack? Why that is so key to understanding the novel? 1984, Van Halen ruled the charts. The no, Summer Olympics no, would be in L.A. No, no. Ronald no. Reagan looks for a second term. If they can divorce people from understanding the truth, if they can confuse you to the point you can't object, then they have you. So uh, racism is anti-racism. Men are women. Logic is white supremacy. That's the modern equivalent of war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. We should revisit the veto, Joe Biden, his first veto of his presidency, and how then he stated as an excuse the exact opposite of what was reality. Right. For his reasoning. And it worked, I guess, with the corporate media and half the country. More or less, yeah. Yeah, mailbag. Heavy on the humor here. Michael, you might need to help some of this out a little bit, uh, <clears throat> just to, you know, keep the energy up. Jack said his uh, different doctor than his normal doctor prescribed some thyroid medicine, mm. and he suddenly has all this energy and motivation to do 10 things at once. Um, Occam's Razor says the doctor gave Jack some meth. Just saying. <laughs> Come on. The downside has been two nights with z- almost zero sleep. And I didn't take the medicine yesterday and got like four hours sleep. So I think four hours and three days, I think, is roughly my sleep. Wow. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Jeff from Houston on the topic of the Broadway pooper. This guy who keeps going to Broadway shows and pooping in the aisle. <laughs> Fecal matter. What the heck? That's right, Johnny. What kind of hobby is that? I, I suggested they use facial recognition software. Jeff in Houston writes, they still won't catch the Broadway serial pooper with facial recognition software. If only they would use fecal recognition software. That's brilliant, Jeff. That's good. Is that what passes for humor in Houston? They do have a pretty decent DNA sample. So, Yeah, no kidding. Uh, moving along, uh, Jesse and Chico says, Guys, love the show. Just a quick word about ESG and how dangerous it is. I work as an analyst for a company here in California, primarily tasked What's ESG? for... That's your environmental, social, and governmental investing, meaning investing not for return, but to change the world. 
I just want an investment that's going to go up in value faster than inflation. But the so I don't of, starve when I'm old. But yes. now your financial guy could just pick one that's going to lower the temperature on Earth, perhaps, but not right. make more money. Exactly. And if it's his cronies or his uncle who runs that company they invest in, oh, that's a funny coincidence. It's basically a scam, he writes, as a guy in the business, that gives large corporations large power and leverage over smaller ones into making changes, which comes with barriers to entry enter the market. Ah, right. Of course. No, it's the old scam, right? The big corporations are in favor of a lot of these picayune regulations because they have the, the staff, the compliance staff in place to comply. Little companies can't. So they get forced out of business. Uh, as to the ESG part, having sat in meetings online during the pandemic, neither do these experts know how to run a business, but they'll put smaller ones out of business with all the bureaucracy. It's all about control and smoke and mirrors. People should really wake up to this because big finance is in bed with it. It won't stop it. People should wake up to this. This is a big deal, not getting near the attention it should. We'll re-explain it again later in case you don't know. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's time for Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty to share some final thoughts. And if I hear them say another negative thing about me, these really will be their final thoughts. Hashtag Clinton body count. <laughs> so if you don't hear the end of the Armstrong and Getty Show, maybe you've never heard that. That's how was that put together? You know, you, you know, don't you, Joe? How that was put together, that Hillary Clinton yeah. thing? Yeah, that's it's an app of a website where 
it will synthesize that person's voice saying words that you feed to it. So that's not like the clips we had from uh, years ago where they go through a gazillion Barack Obama speeches and or tr- Donald Trump speeches and then clip them together to make a sentence. Right. This no. is this is completely manufactured. Yeah, exactly. They they have they've mapped out digitally speaking all the tones, all the inflections, the you know, how deep is my voice? How nasal is it? It's mm-hmm. all there. I'm so going to synthesize new speech. I'm going somewhere with this with some new AI information for you. Like here's a a, a version of Joe a made up computer created Joe Biden voice. Hey, folks, it's, uh, it's time for, for uh, final thoughts with uh, Jack Armstrong, Joe Getty. Hopefully after me, we can uh, go out and uh, slap five and uh, get some ice cream. Just just have a good old time. So that's pretty dang good. And uh, a couple of things on that. So Google just yesterday launched their AI chat bot to take on the rival chat GPT. Now, everybody had been waiting for Google to get in the game with the assumption that because of all the information and people that they have access to that they're and the money they got to throw at it, their AI chat thing was going to be significantly bigger than chat GPT or Microsoft's version. Well, they held back for some reason alphabet, which is Google stopped short of integrating Bard, the new conversational computer program into its search function. So they kind of just like revealed part of it yesterday for some reason with a lot of uh, analysts being disappointed, but also, uh, the the world of AI still anticipating that Google's about to come on the scene with something way more significant than we've already seen from Chat GPT and from Microsoft's. So you got that. I mean, this is good. This is moving forward so fast. It's just it's 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 a, a buddy of mine texted me. He said, "Is there any way we can stop this from happening?" I said, "No. It's it's going to happen, and it's going to upend all kinds of things." Whether, you know, the stuff we were talking about yesterday with art or writing or, geez, the text we got from somebody who said their 14-year-old wrote a paper on something, decided it was too good, and then told chat GPT, no, no, write it like it's a high schooler. And so it spit out a paper that seemed like a high schooler. Wow. God dang it, I'm a pretty honest person, but I hated writing papers. If I could have had, I want to get a B minus. I all I'm, I'm just a B minus. And it could spit it out eh, on something I don't think is important at all. Some paper oh, about some, this. I could see so easily rationalizing late at night. You yeah. know, I understand this stuff reasonably well. <laughs> I yeah. let it go too long. My bad. Just this time, I'm going <laughs> right. to use the chat or I crank it out. Right. right. Yes, Michael. To show you how easy this stuff is becoming, somebody on the staff made this for you. I'm going to play it for you. Here we go. Okay. Now, listen, it's true. I've been friends with those Armstrong and Getty folks for many years. It's simple. We love each other. They touch my hairy legs. No, really. It's the truth. (laughs) Wow. It's not great, but it's good enough to be troubling. Yeah. Anybody who dismisses any of this stuff as uh, it's not, I can tell. Yeah. Now you can. Did you see how fast this is all moving, though? So we were talking yesterday about art, for instance. I was uh, reading a story about Ron DeSantis in the interview he did with Piers Morgan, and the cover picture, which it later it said at some point was uh, AI created. It was a picture of Ron. It was a cartoon of Ron DeSantis with devil horns on a snake around his neck, and it was why white why Ron, Ron DeSantis is Lucifer to the Republican Party or something. And I thought you would have had to hire 
a graphic artist person or artist of some sort paid at least four figures of some sort to get that done. And it would have taken them at least a day to come up with that drawing. Mm -hmm. Or you just because we know that this is now possible. A friend of ours is doing this. You just say to chat. I want to I want to I want to Ron DeSantis with devil horns. And then it would give you the picture in a second. You'd say, no, I want him grimacing a little more. Yeah, that's good. Have him facing to the left. Okay, perfect. And that's how long it would take. Sure. In the style of blank. And it would re-refine it in seconds. Yeah. And then this. We we got this email, uh, by the way, on that topic from uh, Stan, who sent along several pictures of Trump being held uh, at each arm by a bunch of NYPD cops. And then Trump fighting them and getting away and starting to run. All of them extremely convincing uh, Photoshop. Fighting them and getting away and running. <laughs> yep. yep. He's 75 and obese. Yeah, I know. And fat. <laughs> and besuited. It's not easy to fight in a suit. By the way, when he sexed up Stormy Daniels, and I think he did, um, uh, he was 60, she was 27. So uh, he was a lot younger than he is now. She was a lot younger than she is now. And remember, they always leave out the Stormy Daniels part. Like, it's so tawdry that that Trump did it. And it is tawdry. It's incredibly tawdry. You had a wife at home with a baby. I mean, it's it's incredibly tawdry. I don't think it's cool at all. But, you know, unless you're not a feminist... Uh, and, and uh, how about a little on Stormy Daniels for sleeping with the 60 year old sweaty golfing billionaire because you wanted to get on what show a celebrity apprentice, I guess, I guess. Yeah, or that's whatever it pretty was. tawdry, too. Come on now. Oh, it's a transaction. I don't care either way. Honestly, I live my life differently. You, y'all do whatever you want to do. It's not my business. So back to the uh, AI and where we are and Google's still holding back on what they got. God help us when Google finally unleashes their AI. But uh, this came out yesterday from CBS News. Cyber criminals are using AI voice cloning tools to dupe victims. It would be similar to what we just heard oh. with uh, Joe Biden and the Hillary Clinton. Joe and I are particularly vulnerable to this because, I mean, you can listen to our voice, you know, 20 hours a week for I actually did the math the other day on on how many thousands of hours we've done of this. But if you, this is from the FTC, Federal Federal Trade Commission put this out yesterday. If you answer a phone call from an unknown number, let the caller speak first. Whoever's on the other end of the line could be recording snippets of your voice and later using it to impersonate you in a convincing matter using AI. Scam artists are secretly recording people's voices in order to later pose as them. Now with the new chat GPT and Microsoft's Val-E, a tool that all they need to do is feed in a little bit of the voice, and then they have a pretty convincing, as you just heard with the Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton, a version of your voice that they can get it to say anything and call your mom and say, hey, man, I've really got problems. I got a flat tire. I lost my credit card. Is there any way you could, you know, whatever it's going to be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or your wife or your husband or your boss or your brother. Well, and you've got corporations, our our beloved tech corporations and malevolent communist governments collecting every single shred of data on us that they can. So it's not out of the question that I might get a phone call from, say, my wife's number with her voice. Right. Saying, hey, here's what happened. You know, I would I would think the difference in uh, you know like it's me, Joe, because my social security number is three nine seven six two five three two four one. Hello, that is her, honey. I need you to send me money. 
Yeah, I, d- I don't think it would work with my wife for now, as you pointed out earlier. For now. Oh, well, yeah. Everything but they're working is, on it like crazy. Oh, yeah, and it's getting so much better so fast. And we're just, we're just not prepared for how this is going to upend flipping everything. And then the other side of the coin that I always point out, so somebody creates some audio of me saying something that would get me fired about transgender or whatever, you know, the lines you can't cross, dropping an N-bomb or something like that. You find that, well, it might not be me, could get me in trouble. But now if I do say something somewhere and it's on and it's recorded, I can claim it's fake, that I never said it. Oh, yeah, with the modern, well, that's pretty good. With modern AI, they can get you to say anything. Of course, I never said that. Wow. Okay. So good news and bad news. Well, yes. It's going to be a way to frame celebrities, politicians, whoever, but it's also going to be a way for them to get out of things by saying, that's not true, that's phony. Yeah, post-truth world. Here we go. I mean, yeah, we're already there, but it's going to be, oh, wow. I just can't even imagine where this is headed. Faster and faster. Uh, Some good news from the world of tech and AI. Uh, In banking and finance, they think it's going to make it a lot easier and quicker to detect fraud, weird spending on your accounts. Mm. You know, I never buy fur coats, for instance. And (laughs) You know they'll they'll be uh, they'll be alerted if something that weird and out of character happens on my accounts. They think, among other things. Yeah, my feelings were hurt a little bit recently when my credit card contacted me because I tipped big. Like, wow, you got it in the in the old computer system that I'm a stingy tipper. I give a big tip, and all of a sudden it's red flag. This can't be him. This can't be him. So uh, coach is a particularly good example, though. Yeah, I would like oh, yeah. AI to notice he never buys fur coats. So if somebody all of a sudden buys a four thousand dollar fur coat, let's go ahead and full flag length it. mink, <laughs> right? And then the uh, they're talking in this article about the Washington Post about how uh, it's been really useful in speeding up drug trials and 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 recognizing combinations of medications that might be helpful etc uh diagnosis uh of of cancer we talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday cancer screenings um that uh, it's been really helpful uh just finding patterns where human beings don't necessarily recognize them and then this from the new york post uh, ai has developed a cancer treatment a novel cancer treatment in 30 days uh, and has predicted accurately sur- the survival rates, which is, you know, not as interesting as the treatment to me. But um, says the Nobel Prize winning chemist who's involved in this, uh, while the world was fascinated with advances in generative AI in art and language, our generative AI algorithms managed to design potent inhibitors of a target with an alpha fold derived structure. Jack, I know you're a big fan of alpha <laughs> oh. fold derived structure. Oh, it's my passion. This paper is further evidence that the capacity for AI to transform the drug discovery process with enhanced speed, efficacy, and accuracy. Uh, and then they go into the specific chemistry involved. AlphaFold broke new scientific ground in predicting the structure of all proteins in the human body. And and essentially, they were able to use that information to then apply that to the various cancer cells and the cancer inhibiting cell, uh, or uh, drugs that would inhibit those proteins from binding to other whatever the hell goes on. I don't, I'm terrible at chemistry. Um, and they they leapt forward in their understanding thanks to AI. So, well, yeah, they'll they'll be good things. So I, for one, welcome our computer overlords. <sighs> 
We've for how long have we been saying pull the plug on the internet, or it turned out to be a bad idea, so let's get rid of it, or whatever, jokingly. Uh, we're, we're early enough in AI. I feel like we can pull the plug. Let's just say, wouldn't it be interesting if? And we'll never know because we're not going to do it. Get any legislation through on that? It's probably a free speech issue, I suppose. I suppose, yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping that when they come, the computers, the the robots, they will they will harness those. Uh, scary robots from Boston Dynamics. Is that mm. the name of the company? Right. Uh, to come and, and harvest our vital fluids. I'm just assuming that they'll go for the vital fluids of the young and healthy. And the uh, old and diseased, like myself, will be spared. Mm, I think it's the other I way. I just think we're irrelevant. Yeah, you're useless. So they're just they're going to kill anything that's useless. The robots will. I don't know. I, I think they would probably look at me the way I look at squirrels. I mean, they're mildly interesting. They don't seem to cause any problems. It's we, deeply hurtful, but yes, I, I believe I am completely irrelevant to the new world. I want—I almost want to hang on to this segment and keep it somewhere because I feel like a year from now, or certainly five years from now, it's going to seem hilarious. I guarantee you're right. It's like when uh, the the um, uh, the anniversary of the internet was a while back. Do you remember that? It was like the twenty. I do. Some, I don't know what the anniversary of, but anyway, go, going back and looking at the predictions and various tech magazines where uh, misinformation will cease to exist that those are some of the predictions when the internet you know i mean come on <laughs> exactly hatred and animosity will disappear because everyone will be able to understand everyone else right learning will become so much cheaper right during the period which learning exploded in cost um yeah so it'll be hilarious how far off we were on the ai stuff too you can always join the conversation on the text line of 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
There's a fungus among us. This is worth, worth having on your radar screen. The CDC is sounding the alarm on what's known as Canada Aris. It is a potentially deadly fungus that public health officials say is increasingly spreading across the country. The fungus, also known as CRS, is already in at least 25 U.S. states and numbers are on the way up. According to CDC data, clinical and screening cases have risen every year since the fungus was first discovered in the U.S. seven years ago. Last year, confirmed infections tripled to more than 2,300 cases compared to less than 800 in 2020, in large part due to poor infection prevention and medical tourism. On top of that, the CDC says CRS may not respond to traditional antifungal drugs that are often used to treat infections. Okay, there's a fungus that seems to be growing in more states and hospitals in America and infecting more people. That report did not tell me what it does to me, though. Does it kill me? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's terrible. It can be fatal. Okay. And it's very hard to control. Is this something we should be worried about? I got a lot well, of things to worry about. Do I have to worry about this one? Tell you what, the last place you want to be in is is a hospital, unless you have to be. There's too much disease in there. Is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Uh, another story you might want to know about. Uh, housing numbers came out yesterday. The median existing home sales price in the United States was down a little bit year over year. It's the first time in a decade that uh, average home prices across the country have been down year over year. Um, I don't know how meaningful any national real estate numbers are. I mean, what is going on in the town right next to me doesn't have any effect on me, let alone the national average. So I don't know what to do with that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a big, blunt, kind of dumb number that confirms what you already knew, which is we are past the peak of the real estate frenzy. But for now, the um, interest rates are down a little bit, but the Fed is meeting today and expected to raise interest rates, although not as much as uh, we were once thinking. So uh, the people that were guessing it was going to be a half point are thinking it's going to be a quarter, possibly none. So that news will come out today. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just reading about the whole uh, Silicon Valley Bank thing and the other banks that are troubled. And uh, I had, in recent days, settled upon the narrative that there are regulations in place, but the Fed didn't do its job. The Fed in San Francisco didn't do its job. Its job. There was every sign in the world that that bank was upside down. Its investments were risky. The interest rate environment was causing this to happen. Everybody could see it. Why didn't the Fed do its job? Then I come across this coverage in one of your major papers. The Fed had been hammering at that bank that the numbers were out of line and mm. blah, blah, blah. So I got to tell you, and I try my best to, to not be in this state. I'm so confused by that and who's telling the truth and what's true and what's significant. I'm just befuddled by the whole thing. I don't know, which is probably uh, what the masters of the universe are looking for. Right. Yeah, that might not be an accident. They just want us all so perplexed by the whole thing that we don't know what to advocate or advocate against, and they get to keep doing what they're doing. I've, I've read some people I respect a great deal say this is the classic uh, privatized gains and, and uh, socialized losses. Right. That was my complaint early on with little data to back it up. Yeah. Well, because that was, your that was populist. M- your animal populist gruntings were, were correct. <laughs> 
<laughs> gruntings. That is more or less what happened throughout 2008, the financial crash that nearly destroyed the world. That's exactly yeah. what was going on. So I just figured it was the same thing again. Uh, news is just out that Trump has raised a million and a half dollars since this whole indictment story broke a week ago. Mark Halperin in his newsletter is saying that's a shockingly low number and is bad news for Trump world that it's only a million and a half in that week. I don't have any idea. It sounded like a lot to me. But um, If you miss an hour of this show, you can grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty, on demand. Good stuff an hour, too. Stick around. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.